0: The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search.
1: Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Amy Halliburton. Amy is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Hub International. And Amy joins me on the line from Chicago this morning. Welcome to the show, Amy.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Amy, it's a pleasure to have you joining us on the show. We can see the Chicago skyline in the background there. Looks a great day and really looking forward to hearing about the great work that you're doing there at Hub. Before we get on to that, though, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, like I said, it looks like a great day there in Chicago. What's your go-to coffee of choice today?
0: So my coffee of choice this morning, so while it looks beautiful outside, it's actually a little bit chilly. And so I had a pumpkin spice latte. It is now fall around here, or at least it feels like it's fall. So that was my go-to this morning.
1: That is fantastic. Amy, if we could start off by sharing with our listeners a little bit more about you and your background and your personal career, maybe you could give our listeners an overview of that and what's led you into your role today.
0: I am a first-generation college student, and I say that because I think it speaks a lot about my journey and kind of some of the things that have been important to me along the way, which we'll cover a little bit later. But I graduated from Washington University and had a degree in political science, Spanish international studies, wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself, and ended up finding my way into the consulting world of HR. Found myself there after taking a few classes at Northwestern, trying to really determine where I wanted to go with things. I mentioned consulting because it was just a tremendous way to get into HR, both in terms of the breadth of things that I got to learn about, the the consulting I got to do. I had the opportunity to travel around Latin America and we were doing a lot of great work there as well. And that's sort of related to my degree in Spanish. So I think from my perspective, the consulting piece of it not only helped with the breadth of HR, but also just helped with the... What I would call learning agility, you know, the idea that no matter what transition I've made over the course of my career, I'm not worried about making the transition because as a consultant, you are transitioning from one company to the other as you're changing different assignments and different projects. That learning agility or that ability to really transition quickly, to build relationships quickly, kind of get a handle on the culture and and how things need to be done for me, has really helped me throughout my career. The other thing I'll mention is at the beginning of my career, I had a brief opportunity to spend some time in finance. And I think that was really, really important too. just as a foundational regardless of where you are in the business world, you really do need to have that foundation in finance and be able to really look at a P&L and really understand the decisions the company is making and, and why we're making them. So that's kind of how I started my career. After about six and a half years of consulting, when my first child was born, made the decision to step out of consulting and step into an industry role. And I've never looked back. And I actually will say that is for me, a surprise, meaning I always thought it was going to be a temporary step out of consulting that I would come back to consulting because I just really loved it that much. But I also have been so lucky to find different opportunities throughout my career that really didn't pull me back into consulting the way I thought that I might. So I spent sort of the middle part of my career in a a variety of different roles. I was responsible uh, at Case New Holland for global people development, I stepped into Abbott at the time that Abbott centralized their HR function. So we, we brought a 1,000 HR people under one shared service model, and it was just a fascinating time to really see HR transformation for the first time and what it takes to transform an organization that large into a shared service model. So initially, I was leading an internal team focused on compensation consulting, and we were consulting internally to the various parts of Abbott. Towards the end of my time there, stepped into the director of employee relations role, which was notable because it was really the first time where I was in more of a business HR kind of role and doing more traditional business partner kinds of work because the the work of employee relations is obviously such an important part of that role and then went to Williams in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So one of the things you'll hear is that over the course of my career, not only worked in all the different disciplines of HR, but worked across lots of different industries. So I've been in manufacturing, I've been in consulting, I've been in pharmaceutical and med device, I've been, you know, and then as I moved into Williams, Williams is oil and gas, fascinating industry, very different industry than anything I had experienced. Just so much going on in the company, and was responsible for talent acquisition, talent development, DEI, had two different business partner roles involved in divesting a part of the company. We acquired a company, we restructured the company. And so, at various points during my six years there, I was asked to really be agile with my role and stepped in and out of roles very frequently. I think I actually had more roles there than I had years there. And it was really just a way for me to spend the time that I had in the way that was most meaningful to the business, meaning I never really got caught up in a traditional career path. I kind of did what I felt was best for the business. And, and as long as it was interesting to me, and I felt like it would be a great development experience for me, I was willing to do it. And I think, again, that comes a lot back to the the consulting and the confidence to just step into different kinds of roles and know that you're going to be able to figure it out. So, left Williams and returned back to Chicago, which is where I was born and raised, and worked at Aon for one year. And it was a great experience. I enjoyed my time. I was in in more of a traditional HR business partner role. Aon had gone through an HR transformation as well. And so, it was interesting to operate in HR in a transformed organization that looks more like some progressive organizations where you have very strategic business partner roles, a strong center. And after a year at Aon, I Received a phone call about this amazing opportunity at Gallagher. And that really for me was the first opportunity to work in the insurance business. I joke that Gallagher called because I was at Aon and thought that I probably had some insurance background, but I did not, meaning the parts of the business at Aon that I supported were not insurance. And after some thinking, really decided that the opportunity at Gallagher was something I couldn't pass up, even though I didn't have the insurance background. I felt the role which was leading their talent development functions for the U.S. brokerage business was just a tremendous opportunity. And it was a different type of role in the sense that we were focused on business enablement and less on leadership development. So any of the different initiatives we had on the business side, my team and I were responsible for really enabling it from the training side of things. So just a fascinating way to learn the insurance business. I learned a ton about, you know, how we sell insurance, how we service insurance, all the different systems associated with servicing. So just a great, great experience. And then towards the end of Well, actually, it was early 2020, just as COVID was hitting, was asked to then step into the vice president of HR role for the US brokerage business. So in that role, I had responsibility for all of HR, including talent development, had the opportunity, if you want to call it that, to keep both roles for a while, just because during COVID, we were very prudent in terms of how we were backfilling. And it was just a tremendous learning because I had all of the field HR people during a, a period of crisis, meaning we were really trying to figure out how do we serve our clients? How do we make sure we're taking care of each other? How do we you know, run a business in a very virtual environment overnight? And with all of the sort of what if planning around what if financially we have to make tough choices or what if we have to, you know, do things differently. And so it was just a great learning, really enjoyed Gallagher. It was a great company. And towards the end of 2022, received a phone call about the opportunity at Hub. And at that point in my career, I had been kind of exploring for myself what I wanted to do. I really did love my role at Gallagher. I loved the company, but I also knew I felt I had more I wanted to give and I felt felt that the background I had was broader than what I was able to kind of impact at Gallagher and also felt like I had gotten to the point where I wasn't sure what would be next for me. And the Hub opportunity just made a ton of sense, meaning it's a business that I love, it's an industry that I love, and Hub is in a very different place in terms of business model and HR. And so because of that, it was really just an exciting opportunity for me to step in and try to figure out where do we go next with HR to be able to support where the business is heading. So that's just a little bit about my career.
1: Fantastic. Thank you for that, Amy. I think you can see there's certainly like a very smooth sort of transition across your career with a couple of sort of big steps, maybe moving from consulting into the business side, then having the opportunity to then move into insurance. And, you know, a lot of our guests on the podcast say career in insurance was never really something that they expected to get into. But once they did, actually, they found it to be a great industry to be a part of. And uh, something that very much enjoy and uh, the unique experience. You've had some great successes during your time in insurance, not least the time at Gallagher. What was it about the opportunity at Hub that really attracted you to the position there? What was it about the role and also the company as well where you thought you could have a big impact?
0: hub is I like to say the best kept secret in insurance. I would say that we are not as uh, well known as some of, the, of our competitors and because we are privately held you don't, you know, see us out in the news as often as you do with other companies that have quarterly releases and, you know, investor calls. So when the phone call came, you know, I did a lot of research about Hub and was just shocked that I had never heard of this company before. The company is wildly successful. So we are actually celebrating this year our 25th anniversary. So um, in the context of other bigger competitors, maybe we haven't been around as long, but I would say that our history is just as rich, even though it isn't as long as others. And we have just been so successful and successful like other competitors, through a very strong acquisition model. So we um, have acquired so many companies. In fact, I would say we are more acquisitive than some of our competitors. And that growth has just allowed us to be successful in, in ways that you know many other companies can't take claim for. So our margins are amazing, and our growth is amazing. And one of the things that was really particularly exciting for me was just to hear that we're just getting started meaning 25 years but we're continuing our journey and and much like other companies we are on a path to double our revenue and really trying to think about And being mindful of what got us here is not necessarily what's going to propel us for the next 25 years. And what do we need to do differently? And Hub is a very decentralized organization, both business model and HR. And so, really, what that means practically on the HR side of things is we have 35 HR teams. And those 35 HR teams are very, very talented. They have the whole scope of HR. We have a very small center or center of excellence. And so, what was intriguing to me was to be a part of the journey, meaning I've had such great experiences over the course of my career. Most of the companies I've worked for, though, have been really well-established on the HR side of things. This is the first opportunity where I've worked in a company where there's so much runway to really change the way we can do things within HR. It's just exciting to be able to think about all the experiences I've had up to this point and how do I leverage those experiences to really change the way we're going to do things in HR and, and support the way that the business is changing as well. So the opportunity in front of us, I would say, was the number one thing that really attracted me to Hub. But the other is just the culture and the collaboration and the leadership I felt with my fellow executive management team members. Mark Cohen is our CEO. He is so passionate about HR and really just believes in the importance of HR as a practice and the power of the HR team, but also just cares so much about our people. And one of the things he talks a lot about is, you know, we've been on a journey to become a world-class brokerage firm. We've accomplished that what's next for us? How do we become a world-class organization that really is just a magnet for talent? People want to come work here. And to be a part of creating that, for me, is really, really exciting.
1: Fantastic. It sounds like a brilliant opportunity. And for our listeners, the majority of our listeners will have a very good understanding of Hub, particularly our American audience. But for those less initiated, would you mind sort of giving us an overview in terms of the size and scale of Hub, the operating model there that you have?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So hub, we operate US Canada and have a small operation in Puerto Rico. So we are international, but not quite as global as some of our competitors. We have about 18,000 employees, and we are organized by region. So we have six super regions. And then underneath that, we have all of our hubs. So if you think about it almost as a hub, the word hub, but we also have all of these hubs around the US and Canada and Puerto Rico. When we acquire organizations, we fold them into those hubs, or if they're large enough, they create their own hubs, which we've actually done a little bit of recently. And you know, we're in the business of all things insurance. We're structured a little bit differently in the sense that our hubs can have the full portfolio of insurance. So we aren't separated into different divisions based on the different kinds of insurance offerings or solutions. So we do everything from mid-market PNC to uh, personal lines and um, high net worth. And we have a benefits business that does consulting on employee benefits, as well as some HR consulting. So the whole gamut, what you would find in any of our competitors, um, is the business that we are in. We are about $4 billion in revenue and looking to double that over the next few years.
1: I've been asking our guests to share and dig a little bit deeper into certain areas of the business or part of the people team that are working well for the company or areas that they're particularly passionate about. What's the subject that you'd like to discuss a little bit further today?
0: My passion, and it's based primarily um, on all of the experiences I've had so far and where I've been deep in my career is really around the topic of talent development and career development and leadership development. So how do we really develop our people so that they see a career for themselves here at Hub for the long term? So I am a big believer in continuous learning. I'm a big believer in cultures that are really rich in performance feedback so that people know how they're doing, people know how they could be doing better, and people really I think appreciate that because that also gives them what they need to focus on in terms of their development. And then that helps drive their career. So one of the things I know in many insurance companies is there seems to be a little bit of a separation between the the salespeople or the producers and the servicing team. And I believe there's a huge opportunity to help people see that all of those roles within insurance are valuable and give people the opportunity to move between them. And I don't necessarily see that everywhere. And I think if we can kind of figure that out, I think that would be really exciting for our employees. I continue to worry a little bit about being able to attract talent, meaning we know that unemployment, I think, in our industry was at 1.4%. We know that we have quite a few people who are approaching retirement in the industry. We know that every company is trying to double in revenue over the next five years. And so for me, that tells me that we are all going to be competing for a very small pool of experienced talent. And I would love to not have to do that. Meaning I would love for us to get better at developing people internally to move into roles. I would love for us to think about recruiting from places that are maybe not where we would traditionally look for people, maybe not going to the risk management programs. Maybe we look more At two year universities, and really challenge ourselves on when we post a role, what do we really need in terms of the skill sets for the role, and not worry too much about the degrees or other things. Because I believe if we can find talent that looks a little bit different than historically, and we can bring them into the company and develop them and create a great career path for them, they will be more inclined to stay and they will have that loyalty to hub. So that's really what we're focused on. And it's one of the areas as I joined the company, it feels like there's the biggest opportunity is really around talent development. How do we create better leaders. And we know that the importance of leaders, meaning people often leave managers, they don't leave companies. So how do we make sure that all of our managers have the skills they need to really lead teams in a way that creates engagement and, and creates loyalty? And then for our employees, you know, how do we allow people to pursue different careers? How do we help them understand the possibilities? And because we are decentralized, that isn't necessarily how we think about things today. So career development today, you would progress maybe within a hub. And I would love for us five years from now to think about how do we create opportunities for people outside their hub, outside of what they join the company to do, outside of, you know, being not just a salesperson, because obviously that's the most critical role for us and every other firm, but there are other possibilities. At some point in your career, you may decide you don't want to focus only on sales. So for me, there's a lot of opportunity to think about. The development of our people and how do we create loyalty and bring them in and then help them be successful quickly so they want to stay
1: it's pretty obvious that if you provide that talent development structure for all employees it's beneficial for the business i really like what you say there around not having silos between the account management and the service teams and the producers and sales people i think in a lot of organizations it's very much You know, you are either that hunter or you're that farmer gatherer and never the two shall meet. It's interesting because we speak to a lot of candidates in early stages of their career and they might have got their foot on the ladder in a maybe in a more of a support role and more of a customer service role. But actually, they're very eager to move into sales and their, their company doesn't allow that opportunity or they find it very difficult to find a role sometimes due to the compensation structures and the way producers are rewarded, they find it very hard to make that transition. I think particularly for an insurance brokerage, for an insurance agency, I think that's really important.
0: The other thing I'd love to comment on about that, You know, I find that because the producer role is so critical, meaning it's such an important role for the organization, it can often feel sometimes like you've got a focus there and then not any focus at all on any other role, particularly on the development side. So we're very much focused on making sure our producers can sell and helping them sell better and tools and resources. And sometimes I worry that our servicing team members don't feel the investment in them. And that really, for me, is the other part of this, is just making sure that regardless of the role you're in, everyone has a really important role to play. And every one of us can get better at the role that we're in. And if people feel the investment, regardless of the role they're in, I also think that will feel very different um, than other places, at least from what I understand.
1: The better the service, obviously, that you could provide to the clients in terms of service, you know, the more chance there is a keeping hold of those clients and the same with with your people as well it's much easier to keep hold of talented people rather than bring them in externally how do you find that with obviously the hub model has very much been around acquisition and high volume of acquired businesses coming into the organization each year how do you find that talent development where maybe someone might have been on a different route they might have had a different career plan sort of Laid out for them in their previous company, which may not be the case once that business joins Hub. How do you go about making that a success?
0: Much like every company in this space, many of the companies that we acquire are not large companies like Hub. So, from where I sit, at least, the opportunities for career and the opportunities to be developed as a leader or as an employee, you're going to have a much richer experience joining a company like Hub because we do have things that we can offer that maybe you couldn't offer in a smaller agency. We have lots of examples of people that we have acquired who now have moved into much more senior roles all over Hub. And one of the things I would love for us to do a better job with is really showcasing that not only for our acquisition partners, but for our employees, meaning understanding that people join us through acquisition and then have the opportunity to grow their career in a very different way. Because in a smaller agency, there, there are only a certain number of roles you can have. And here, I would say it's limitless. So, you know, join us as an acquisition partner, and then you are able to provide these wonderful career opportunities for your employees, and wonderful development opportunities for your employees, because if you're a part of a bigger organization.
1: And now obviously, this is something that's very much an ongoing exercise that's, Very much a flash of yours that you're looking to implement across the business. But How have you found the outcomes to be so far since you've joined the business?
0: I'm in my seventh month. So I spent the first few months really just listening and trying to understand what people were thinking, what the organization needed from us as an HR team. And so... Where I'm at in terms of progress is I have absolute clarity on what we need to do going forward. And I'm in this place now where I'm trying to figure out how to make all that happen, meaning there are some investments we need to make in resources. There's a whole bunch of change management we have to tackle, both within the HR community and with our business leaders. But when I say that I've got clarity on where I want to take things, because we're a decentralized organization, a decentralized HR team, as I mentioned, we've got 35 teams of HR professionals doing things. 35 times 35 ways from where I sit the opportunity for us is not to change that structure meaning I really do believe that the structure we have and having our HR community well connected into the business through those reporting relationships that's so critical uh, critical to their success, critical to the success of the business they have a seat at the table. but where I see the opportunity is let's do three things you know number one, let's try to solve for things at the enterprise level. there are things like onboarding or leadership development that I would argue we shouldn't have 35 versions of. You know, We are one organization and we are getting to the point where we should have common thought and some common offerings from the center that can be used across the enterprise. And that just isn't how we've done things in the past. Um, In the past, what we would have done is we would have developed something and then made it available to the 35 HR teams and some would use it, some wouldn't. And so when you think about, for example, Leading in a hybrid work environment, that's something that's been identified as a priority for us to really focus on and not so much, you know, how do we manage people in the office or not in the office, really just how do we maintain the culture that we have that's so important to us and managers today are struggling more than ever to figure out how to spend their time. The demands on them are more significant than any other time. And so that is something we've agreed we're gonna tackle at the enterprise level. We shouldn't have training 35 versions of that training. We are all leaders collectively. Same thing when you, you know, when you join Hub, each of our hubs onboard our people differently. And my vision is that we need to have an onboarding program. So when you join Hub, all of our new hires or acquisition partners, they have the same experience. They have the same set of knowledge coming into the organization. And what that allows us to do is if we have some standardization of some of these types of things, it allows for more innovation locally. Meaning if we can solve for when you join Hub, here's what Hub is all about. It gives them some time then to think about how do we talk about our region? How do we talk about our Hub, the portfolio of clients, our team here? And so for me, there's some standardization or some things we need to do for the enterprise. And we've got those projects launched. The second thing is how do we think about doing things in a consolidated way, meaning if we've got 35 HR teams doing 35 things, and I would argue that if we had a couple of resources focused on it, those hubs would never have to do that again. It would come into the center and we would be more efficient. You know, that could be everything from how we use our learning management system to posting job requisitions or, you know, really just getting back to an HR service delivery model where we've focus together on self-service and we have people who can answer questions. But with that comes the need also then to have some consistency where we don't have consistency today. Things like employee referral programs. Every hub has their own employee referral program. And I kind of joke sometimes. I'm like, so if I refer someone from one hub to the other, which of the programs do we apply? <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, we, we're in this period of time where we get the opportunity to really think about how could we consolidate some work and be more efficient? What kinds of things should we do in a more consistent way because it's going to make us better as a function? And then what do we need to do to address the enterprise needs? And trying to do all that without adding headcount in the center, meaning what I'm trying to really do is leverage the passion and talent of the resources out in the field and really bring people together to solve for these problems for the enterprise, which again, that enterprise thinking is something that's very different. Everyone is very much accustomed to focusing on their hub and maybe on the region, but not at the enterprise level. So it's just a different way of thinking about things and a different way of delivering.
1: Thank you, Amy. It seems like it's such a critical project that you have there, but one that's certainly going to you know, really pay dividends as you look to go through that next phase of growth in the business. I'm sure that's absolutely key. Brings us nicely on to the espresso round now, where the questions are short, sharp, and to the point. So you've got your pumpkin latte there as it's the beginning of fall in Chicago this morning. Are you ready for the espresso round?
0: I am, yes. The espresso round.
1: Amy, what recommendation would you have for? senior executives, insurance leaders who are coming in to interview at Hub International?
0: The best piece of advice I could offer would be really to, number one, do your homework and really know Hub. And I think most people who would be interviewing at Hub would know that, particularly if they've got an insurance background. But I also think really being able to understand where we've been and really value where we've been as a company, because where we've been is what's made us so successful. And then thinking about as a senior leader, how would you be able to capitalize on the history and the culture, yet propel us in the future, knowing that we can't continue to do things the same way and wanting to be a part of that journey, meaning that isn't for everyone. Some people would be more comfortable stepping into an organization where things are a bit more established. For me, this is an opportunity to really shape the next 25 years and really being able to demonstrate if you were interviewing for a role here, your interest in being a part of the next 25 years of our journey and bringing the expertise that you have and really bringing that expertise in to help us down the next 25 years.
1: Switching things around slightly, thought peers within HR leadership, within the insurance industry, they might be CHROs at other agencies, they might be at carriers, they might be working in tech what would be your one recommendation or piece of advice for hiring exceptional talent?
0: So I think I would probably say just really having a good pulse on what the upcoming generation of talent is looking for. And I think it's different. I think it's very different from what many of us who have been in the workforce for a while would be expecting. And from where I sit I hear the newer generation of talent really looking for organizations where they're going to be developed, they're going to have a long career, they want to be a part of organizations that have a bigger mission than just insurance. And and so those are things that we focus on through our DEI efforts or through our community giving efforts, really trying to create a, a culture where it's not just about serving our clients, but it's about serving our communities and really creating an inclusive environment where people want to come and stay. So that would be the advice.
1: And final question of the espresso round What's the one lesson that your job as a HR leader has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their lifetime?
0: I would say it's be open to different challenges and really embrace those opportunities when they come your way. Um, As I mentioned at the beginning, I think I'm a little different than many HR professionals in the sense that I've had so many different types of roles within HR and worked in so many different industries. That collective experience really does allow me in my current role to think about things differently. And so I do believe I'm unique for that. So I guess my advice would be just be open to the different opportunities that come your way. And, and if it creates challenge and you're interested to go for it.
1: Certainly something that we really encourage actually on the insurance side, the insurance executives that we work into get those different experiences, you know, particularly early on in your career, and then really look to specialize and have a focus in a particular area before sort of branching out into more sort of operational leadership. But I think that's so important as well from a HR perspective. Clearly, you can bring in a lot of expertise and a lot of experience from other industries some industries are doing things a lot better than insurance there's other parts which you know insurance is excelling at so i think it's very valuable to have that insight and knowledge of what the wider economy is doing as well amy we've reached the end of our time together today in the insurance coffee house the time has certainly flown past very quickly before we go do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners And if there are people out there now who considering their options at the moment, they might be considering a career at Hub and may have seen some of the opportunities you have available, what's the best way of them either reaching out to you or learning more about the opportunities you have there?
0: So piece of advice, I think one of the things that I really reflected on as I was trying to decide where I wanted to go when I was at Gallagher is this idea, and and Steve Jobs is the one who said this if you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to do great work. So all of us love things at the beginning. And then towards the end of your journey, there may be parts of your role that aren't as meaningful, or you feel like you're not being challenged, and you don't necessarily see a path to get yourself to that place where you love what you're doing again, to just embrace that opportunity to really think about You have to love what you do to do great work. And so for me, that is really what drove me to Hub is the idea that I was enjoying what I was doing, but I didn't necessarily find myself loving it every day anymore. We spend way too much time at work to not love what we do for 40 or 50 hours a week. And then in terms of how to get in touch with Hub or opportunities at Hub, you know, we do have all of our career opportunities on our website, would encourage people to go out there and take a look. Certainly happy to share my contact information as well.
1: Thank you for that. Yeah, we'll post your details on the podcast so people can click straight through and reach out to you. That'd be fantastic. Amy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the Insurance Coffee House. Really interesting career yourself. And I think the journey, obviously, that Hub have been on already, but the future plans are really exciting. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest uh, following our conversation today. So thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to The Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.